the Ortho PAC, hosted by Sam Dyer. Welcome to the Ortho PAC, where we discuss up-to-date orthopedic topics for the busy clinician. I invite you to sit back and relax as I attempt to fill in the gaps between education, current events, and real-world practice. Welcome today, Dr. Lisa Canada. She has more than two decades of experience in a level one trauma center. She specializes in treating damaged extremities caused by motorcycle collisions and car collisions. She's also an advocate for women pursuing careers in orthopedics or trauma surgery. Welcome today, Dr. Lisa Canada. And there was actually an article out on Market Watch about gender inequality and pay gaps recently. And I just wanted to talk to you about this because I know that you have a hand in this with the American Academy. Women in orthopedics represent 6% of all orthopedic surgeons. And compared to each of the other surgical subspecialties, essentially we've been stagnant. 14 to 15% of residents are women, and that's been for more than 10 years. So we've been stagnant, and we represent the lowest percentage of women amongst all other surgery subspecialties. It's a very almost flat line for over a decade. I do know that we have to always look at the glasses half full. The number of residents has increased. So even though our percentages still remain at, you know, 13 and a half to 15%, the number of residents has increased dramatically so that actually the number of women is increasing, although not quite at the level we want it to be. What are some obstacles that women and minorities might face trying to get into the profession? You had talked about DBSH in your article, I I think it was on the American Academy, discrimination, bullying, sexual harassment, and harassment. Obviously, that affects the person. How can it affect the team, the orthopedic team, or even the patient, if some of that's going on? It affects everyone involved. Discrimination, bullying, harassment, and sexual harassment abound in orthopedics and in medicine. We might not have reached the headlines that sports and the media and the movie industry has. However, it's there. And perhaps I believe that's the underlying reason why we still have a flat line of percentage of women going into orthopedics. It's the whole culture in medicine and surgery, especially, is a hierarchy. That's often those that are at the top. They're mainly men and could be older. And anyone that sees any of these or is affected by discrimination, bullying, harassment, or sexual harassment is fearful to report it. Multiple studies show everyone fears reporting because they fear retaliation, they fear for their future, and they fear for their job. That's one of the biggest obstacles that we need to overcome. How do we fix that? How do we address it? It seems like it's an obvious thing, but it's been obvious for years. We need to get it out there. We need to talk about it. We need to change the culture. And we're trying to take steps to do that ourselves on the PA level. I also wanted to talk about Speak Up Ortho. Dr. Carmen Quatman was on our podcast a couple of months ago, and we talked about it some then. So I just wanted to get your feedback on some of that. I am one of the co-founders of Speak Up Ortho. We founded this group in March of 2021. We have a closed Women in Orthopedics Facebook page, which has about 1,600 members. You have to be an orthopedic surgeon to be a member, and you can be a resident, but you have to be sponsored by someone and be an orthopedic surgeon. So in this closed group, someone posted, what's the most sexist thing that ever happened to you? 
And there was over 370 responses with stories, stories that weren't just from 20 years ago, but stories which were current. And because of that, there was a group of us, Jennifer Weiss, Nancy Ann Shipley, and Ariana Giancos, who are the four co-founders of Speak Up Ortho. It is a platform on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook with thousands of followers. And it's a place where people can submit stories anonymously. We do post these stories, generates discussion, but in addition, Speak Up Ortho has other individuals involved and we are forming a Speak Up coalition across multiple medical subspecialties. We have actually made some impressive changes already. We believe by education, improving the culture, we want a code of conduct. We want a transfer portal for residents. We want the ACDME to be accountable, organizations to be accountable, screening the leaders by asking, have you ever been accused of discrimination, bullying, harassment, or sexual harassment? Although that is lofty and someone might not respond truthfully, it creates a pause to let them know that this type of behavior isn't tolerated. We need a way for people to report these instances where something actually will happen and where there is consequences. Sexual harassment is a crime. Many times we know the stories on Speak Up Ortho are sexual harassment in nature. Some of them are, and that's a crime. And many people get away with it. So our goal is education and changing the culture. And we are very grateful. The American Board of Orthopedic Surgery has two articles, which they allowed us to pick and write questions for. So for renewal of board certification through a web-based longitudinal learning, all orthopedic surgeons have the option of picking this. So education, that's happening. We are doing multiple webinars. We have a Speak Up Ortho Journal Club, which is going to come out after the first of the year so that it can generate discussion. You as PAs could take these articles and discuss what's going on. We provide questions and we provide a key, a toolkit. That's actually what it's going to be when it comes out. So we're trying slowly but surely to educate and increase awareness. And we believe definitely we are succeeding. So gender breakdown of all PAs is 70% female, 30% male. In ortho, it's more like 50-50, significantly less women as orthopedic surgeons than in the PA. We're a nonprofit, and we're trying to promote education. What can we do as an organization to better advocate for women in orthopedics and try to identify obstacles? Where would we best put our resources to try to promote diversity in our profession? Well, first, you need role models, and you need role models and women in leadership roles. The reason why medical students go into orthopedic surgery is oftentimes finding a female role model. So you need your leaders to represent what you want your organization to look like. If you have all white males in the leadership role, that's not going to work. So you need to have a concerted effort to promote women and to have women in leadership roles. And when you have meetings, avoiding the so-called manals where they're all men and make sure that women are on the panels and have a voice. Those are just basic. Start with what your organization leadership is. If your breakdown is what you indicated uh, in orthopedics, it's 50-50. 
Otherwise, as a PA, it's 70-30. So that means at least half your leaders should be women. And I always think it's important to promote and bring them up, offer leadership programs for women and identify people early and make sure all your committees go through almost like the Rooney role, which exists in the NFL, meaning they always have to interview a minority for every position because the NFL before never had minorities as coaches. It's not women that the NFL wants with the Rooney role, but it's important that you follow the rule of making sure you're interviewing and considering women in every position. And also, you know, another issue, it's not just women that represent diversity. In orthopedics, we have only 2 to 3% Blacks and Latinos. So we need to think about that. And also diversity represents diversity of thought, diversity of religion, diversity in practice, urban versus rural, or specialty interests. And also LGBTQ is important, making sure everyone feels at home, no matter what their sexual orientation or preference may be. So recognizing and making a concerted effort to recruit across everywhere, and also to try, think about it, try and make your organization leaders look like your patients. So therefore, you can continue to treat patients in a way where they feel like someone's actually really listening and uh, they feel at home and comfortable if they see providers that aren't just all white males. Very well said. Do you have any other comments you'd like to pass along for our listeners? I think it's really important, no matter what you do, I always try to make the path better for those that follow. Thank you for joining the OrthoPAC podcast. We also welcome you to visit our website, paos.org, where members can download virtual conference content and get Category 1 CME. For non-members, please visit the aapa.org Learning Central for the PAOS virtual content.